The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Over these, over these weeks here, already beginning in August, we've been, we've been looking at this book called Habakkuk. It's a, it's a little-known book, but the message uh, is huge. It's, it's a, he's a minor prophet, but his, his message is major, you might say. And, and here, like, um, I don't want to promise too much, but, but this is, we are, we are arriving at, at the top. And it's true to say, I really believe that this is true to say that despite the fact that it seems like Habakkuk is not the prophet of joy, he is. He is. And so I want to invite you to um, open up your bulletins to, to pages 10 and 11. We're going to read most of the chapter of chapter 3. We're going to leave just a little bit more for next week. Um, one more verse, actually. But today, today we're going to get to joy. And if you're at home, you're listening in on Zoom, open up your Bible so you can have that in front of you. And here's what God's prophet brings to us. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet on... Shigianoth. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Teman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens, and His praise filled the earth. His splendor was like the sunrise, rays flashed from His hands where His power was hidden. Plague went before Him. Pestilence followed His steps. He stood, and the earth shook. He looked and made the nations tremble. The ancient mountains crumbled and the age-old hills collapsed, but He marches on forever. I saw the tents of Cushion in distress, the dwellings of Midian in anguish. Were you angry with the rivers, Lord? Was your wrath against the sea, the streams? Did you rage against the sea when you rode your horses and your chariots to victory? You covered your bow. You called for many arrows. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and writhed. Torrents of water swept by. The deep roared and lifted its waves on high. Sun and moon stood still in the heavens at the glint of your flying arrows, at the lightning of your flashing spear. In wrath, you strode the earth. And in anger, you thrust the nations You came out to deliver your people, to save your anointed one. You crushed the leader of the land of wickedness. You stripped him from head to foot. With his own spear, you pierced his head. When his warriors stormed out to scatter us, gloating as though about to devour the wretched one who were in hiding, you trampled the sea with your horses, churning the great waters. I heard, and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. 
decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. This is the word of the Lord. In the summer of 1851, a missionary in South America shipwrecked. His name was Alan Gardner. And it was a disaster. They shipwrecked in the middle of nowhere, and little by little by little, their food supplies dwindled until there were none. And he had a a pen and a journal. And as his, his body consumed itself, when he barely had the strength to lift his pen, this is what he wrote. One of the last, the last thing in his journal, he said this, I am overwhelmed with a sense of the goodness of God. So he made it to joy as he starved to death. Now before, before, you, before you set that aside as the delusions of a dying man, read what Habakkuk says. He's talking about nationwide societal devastation. Right? That's where they get to. No olives. No grapes. Nothing to eat. No animals. The animals are, are all gone. Like the, the stables and, and the barns are empty, he says. There's, there's nothing to eat. And in the middle of those circumstances, what does he find? He says, I'm joyful. What do they know that we don't know? Like, isn't there a secret there about 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 finding joy in God despite external circumstances? That's where I want to take you today. I, I want to find out with you what they know and what they believe so that, so that in starvation mode you can see that you experience the goodness of God. And you can say with empty barns and nothing in your bank account, wow, I'm joyful. What I'm talking about is a joy, if we could frame it this way, a joy that is higher, deeper, and longer. I want to start by showing you a joy that is higher. And by showing you a joy that is higher, what I'm talking about is where Habakkuk's joy started. Like it's Genesis, it's formation. Where did it come from? This is interesting. Earlier in the book, he says not even one word about joy until what? Until he sees God. 
until his heart went higher. See, like all of a sudden, when, when he, this is the technical word for this theophany. It's a God appearance. God shows up. He arrives. When God shows up and Habakkuk sees him, everything changed. Do you see it? He sees God on the earth. And God's got lightning bolts coming out of him. His secret strength, Habakkuk says. And then he says, swirling around God's legs, he sees, he sees pestilence. He sees epidemics and pandemics. He sees God. And all of creation shakes, he says. It's theophany. And then he tells us, this is very unique, he tells us how he experienced that. Look at later in the chapter. Verse 16. I heard, he says, and my heart pounded. In other words, his guts turned over. Don't think about that for too long. And then he says, my lips quivered. He lost it. He wept. A grown man, he, uh, seeing God, he cries. And then it says, decay, decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. It's like, it's like he, he fainted because there's God, Almighty God, Creator God, the Lord, Yahweh, and he can't take it. Four parts of his body just lose it. To represent everything. And that is where his joy begins. Right there in his fear. Right there in his awe of God. Now, that, that's really important. That's, I, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that we live our lives too horizontally today. That, that today, whatever it is that is sucking our joy... It's like this black hole and, and, and joy gets sucked down into it and we think we got to do, we think either there's nothing I can do about it or we think we have to do something about it and so what the, what's the result? Anxiety, stress, and joy goes out the door because it's all horizontal. But Habakkuk wants us to see and to know our true reality. You say you want joy, right? You say that, that joy is more like a mythical beast, like it's Bigfoot in your life, and you never find it. You say you want that, right? Then re realize this, that God is real and coming. And then take it one step forward. Experience Him like Habakkuk did. Meditate on Him until your lips quiver, until your bones melt, until you're just undone and then realize that this God, this God is not against you, but for you. We know that in Christ because He sent His only Son to live and die for us. And this God, as soon as we go vertical and we fear Him and know that this God is for us, that right there 
be, is the beginning, the formation of a higher joy. You see, fear and joy, do you see this? They go together. They go together. Fear of God and joy. That's a higher joy. Now, we also want to talk about a deeper joy. See, when we talk about deeper joy, we need to go, obviously, deeper. And we get this. Like, when it comes to people, we, we understand that we have to go more than skin deep. Like, there's some people that are so superficial. They, they look at beauty or, 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 or the things that the person has accomplished. They look at all the superficial things. They go super, su- um, only, only skin deep. But Christian people know this, that we've got to go deeper than that. And the things that matter are the things of the heart, character, faith, hope. We know we have to look deeper. And Habakkuk teaches us that that same principle applies to events and circumstances in our life. We've got to go deeper. Because on the outside, they look bad. But what are they when you go deeper? Habakkuk says this, He's able to look at his circumstances and see two things. I want to read for you verses 12 and 13. What does Habakkuk see as he looks deeper? He says, In wrath you strode the earth, and in anger you threshed the nations. He sees judgment. He sees wrath. He sees anger. He sees disaster happening and then at the same time he says you verse 13 you came out to deliver your people to save your anointed one so 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 get this Habakkuk sees two God can do two things in the same event he judges and at the same time he saves. On the outside, it's going to look bad. It's going to look like devastation. It's, it's going to look like starvation. It's going to look bad. But when you go a little bit deeper, what is God doing? Habakkuk believes that God is saving. So you've got to look deeper. Did you know that this is very Lutheran, by the way? This is what we call the theology of the cross. Like if you, when you look at Jesus, when you look at Jesus from the outside, at a surface level, what do you see? you see a dying, naked man condemned by the world and abandoned by God. But look deeper. What else do you see? You see God saving you and me and everyone else by His blood and His cross. You always have to see deeper. And now, and now this is where this becomes really relevant for all of us. Think about for a moment. Think about for the moment that the things that you think are truly draining on you. Like these, these are the, the black hole. This is what's sapping your, your, your true joy. What are those things? Who are those people? And could it be that you're only seeing things on a surface level? Could it be? Could it be that God is doing not only, not only one thing, but two things, that He's judging and at the same time, He's saving you? We have to be able to see deeper. Consider this. Consider this. Two hypothetical situations. One guy, one guy, his life is, from the outside, good. He's got an attractive wife, right? 
pretty good income, nice house. His kids mostly like him, right? But he works too much. Everything on the outside looks pretty good, but, but could it be that this guy is comfortable because God is content to leave him in his unbelief? What about this situation? Another guy. He loses everything. The stock market crashes. He was all the way in. He loses everything. But in, in doing so, he realizes that money never mattered in the first place. And he reaches out to a good church and, and there he learns the gospel and comes to faith. How then is that a bad thing? Do you see? We look at things on a superficial level. We're always, and many times at least, we're going we're gonna to arrive at something less than joy. But when we look deeper, see, when we look deeper and we see the truth that God can, can both judge and save in that same thing, we all have to see things deeper. So higher, we want to bring God into it. And deeper, we, we need to be able to understand what God is doing. And thirdly, I want to talk about how our joy needs to be longer. Longer. And longer in the temporal sense. Because it becomes clear that Habakkuk is not finding joy by looking at his external circumstances. Right? He, he, he's, not, he's not looking out in his present circumstances and saying, wow, I'm so happy that the stalls are empty and, and there's no cattle in the barns and there's nothing to eat. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying presently this is a really good situation. That's not what he's saying. He's finding joy in something else. He's actually looking ahead to what? To the goodness of God, the arrival of God, to his full kingdom coming and he knows that it is coming because he's seen God. See, he is living. His joy is found by looking out. By seeing longer. You see, there it is. I'm convinced that we lose our joy or at least minimize it because of what I'm going to call the tyranny of the present. It's really tyrannical. We, we, we live and it's so myopic. Like, it, it's as if each of us are the driving steer, the, the, the steering wheel of life, and we're staring at this, the, the, the steering wheel, and we're saying, God, we're going really slow right now, but we don't lift our eyes and see that there's a party out there. There's glory coming for us if we would just look a little bit longer, right? We would lift our eyes from our present circumstances to see what God is going to do, what would happen to your joy. What would happen? You tell me. When we put it all together and we realize that we don't have to be constant victims of our circumstances. Like if, if, you, if you're going to base your joy on, on your outward circumstances, life's going to be a roller coaster. Like it's good right now and then it's bad right now. What if we would lift our eyes and we would look higher and deeper and longer, wouldn't this be true that joy would then be resilient? 
I had a picture of that once. I, I remember going to the, 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 seven, the seven train platform. You've been there at 61st Street. And it's just surrounded by, by concrete and the, the yellow barrier, but, but tucked between the yellow barrier that's kind of uh, pocketed there before you get on the train. And in a little crevice, there was a flower. And I looked down, I was like, what are you doing there? How is it that you're so beautiful? I'm saying this to the flock. How is it that you're so beautiful, so re resilient? How is it that nobody has trampled you? Don't you think that, that Christian joy is a little bit like that? A starving missionary. A besieged prophet. Christians in New York looking higher and deeper and longer. That's our joy.